Hello, welcome to Play to the Whistle, episode 46. Another Euros roundup of the last 16. Myself, Jesse, and I'm joined with T Dot. How you doing? Good, man. What are you saying? You're good. Yeah, man, all good, man. Um, we've had a brilliant um round, really, full of drama. Um a lot of drama. Madness, a lot of crazy stuff happening in these last four games. Um yeah, um, I'm trying to think what was the was it the France game? That wasn't yeah, the that, first game. No, there was Italy um, Austria. That was the first the first of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Italy Austria. Um another one. But Belgium, Portugal. Yeah. But what I, what I noticed with with all of these games, I thought like, and it kind of shows with the pattern how the Euros has gone so far. Yeah, I feel like we get reactionary sometimes when we're watching the matches, and everyone gets a bit like, "Oh my god, this team's not playing good." So write them off, mm. and then they come through. That, well, that's what was happening when I was watching the Italy game, judging by mm. like, the timeline. But I don't know what your thoughts were on that game. Firstly, to start on the with. Italy game, yeah. It was it was a strange game because I think the two one doesn't really show for me doesn't show a true reflection of that game because I think there were parts where Austria were were, were playing really good football. Um, I just don't think and obviously it, it took it took for extra time for for us to get any goals. I think it was it was no no up until extra time. I think the ninety fifth minute was um, the first goal went in. Um, I, I still think for me, I still think Italy are, I still dub them like a dark horse. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not, not to say that they're a dark horse because they're the underdogs. I just think out of the teams left, they're the ones that you kind of think, okay, if they win it, no one really had them to win at the start. It was either France or obviously people have been saying about England as well. But um, I think, I think they, they've got enough about them. Um, I think Jorginho has been pivotal for them. Obviously we've spoken, I know you have as well about Spinozola, um, how well he's played as well. He's been brilliant for them. Um, so yeah, I think they've got, I, I still think they've got enough about them. And obviously Donnarumma as well in goal. I think he's a, he's a brilliant goalkeeper, Benucci as well. So they've got enough about them to, to definitely progress and, and, um, I think obviously they've got Belgium now in the quarterfinals so I think I think in terms of the Austria game I think it was unfortunate for Austria because I think they did play really good football but it just shows that Italy have still got that quality in them regardless of whether it was extra time or not when they went through they still done the job at the end of the day Yeah um, I, I, I echo a lot of that I thought it was obviously a step up from the matches the teams that they played in their group because um, it Austria played that faster tempo. They were more aggressive with the press. Um, they gave um, they gave Italy some new things to think about, really, that they didn't have to deal with in the group. And I felt like they had their moments in the game. Um, and they, they, I noticed they were trying to play the ball in behind quite, not, not quite a few times, but it worked a couple of times and Arnautovic got in. But I, I felt like once they, they made the changes, um, they they took control of the game and in extra time and I, I did notice during the game I think it was um, Berardi and Verratti they wasn't really at it um, and there was obviously the big change well especially Verratti was a big change from the group stage matches instead of obviously usually going with Locatelli but yeah once he brought um, Pessina on and he brought on Chiesa I thought that made the difference and they just they're just a unit, man. They play together as a team and like as we've seen with some of some of the other teams like France, when you play together and you got that togetherness as a group and you do it for each other, you can you can grind out them results in them in them moments. But they I, I felt like they deserved the result in the end anyway. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think I think I agree with you as well in terms of that kind of unity amongst the team. Um obviously we did see that with France and I, I do think they were very not unfortunate because I think obviously Switzerland played very well in their game. Um, probably one of the, probably the best game, if not of the tournament so far. Um, yeah, I, I mean, what, what was your thoughts? I, for me, I was surprised that they, they didn't go through, but what was your thoughts? With the France situation, um, yeah, everyone's shocked, man. Like, we're all shocked because I had them down as winners <laughs> or, you know, That's at true. least to get to the final. So, but look, it's, it's kind of what we touched on in the Euros preview episode, man. Like we touched on some of the problems that they had coming into the tournament. 
they obviously resurfaced or was a mainstay during this tournament for them. And, you know, in the end, you're not really that surprised with the implosion. It's, it's just, you know, we've seen this a few times at tournaments now for France. And, mm. you know, it's another one of those. Obviously, we heard that Rabiot was arguing with Pogba in the changing room and um, his mum, Rabiot's mum, was arguing in the stands with Mbappé's father. And, you know, she's criticising Mbappé while he's on the pitch, saying he's arrogant and all this type of stuff. Um so it's just a full-scale implosion, really. But do you think do you think that's what cost them in the end, in terms of not progressing all that dis- disruption and backroom stuff that was obviously going on? Do you think that cost cost them the, the chance of going through to the quarterfinals? I think I think you have to. It's it's a factor, definitely. I, I, whether it was the main factor, we don't know, but it's definitely a factor. You can't have all that kind of stuff going on coming into an international tournament expecting to win it. You know, mm. it, it takes a, a squad has to be united. Mm. And together, and if there's any dis- disjointment in that squad, things like that can happen. What happened to them? I also thought, even watching the game, I felt like in the first half they were a bit. I don't. I want to say arrogant, but like they kind of just was kind of swinging around the pitch in the first half. Take, just, taking like, in their stride a little bit, and they weren't really. Yeah, like I think they took. Yeah, I yeah. think they took Switzerland for granted, and mm. you know, us as look us as fans, when we talk about the game, we might write Switzerland off. But you getting on the pitch, crossing the green line, you can't, you got to take them serious, you know what I mean? And you have to get the job done. And I, I just felt like that was a kind of an issue for them. And it's, it's, they've got a few players like that, you know. I know I just mentioned Mbappe, but even before the tournament started, I remember watching that, this, the Man City game when they lost in the semi final. Yeah. And they went down to 10 men and he's like walking around the pitch and that, and he's not really putting it in and like, you know, he's he's one of them. What I've noticed with him now is he's really electric once the team gets the ball when they don't have it, kind of switches off. Yeah. And I was kind of seeing that in that game as well. And not not just this game, but throughout the tournament. And I'm not going to... Ha- I never hammer someone for missing a penalty, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel like maybe he thinks he's already like... Look, he's one of the best players in the world, but he's he's Believe young. He's and his he's, own hype. Yeah, yeah he's young. He's got his own hype, yeah, and I feel like we're getting we're seeing touches of that with him now. And look, obviously, hopefully, hopefully this tournament's a wake up call for him because it's the first thing he's not really the first thing because I know he's not really had the best season in PSG ever, but it's the first like stumbling block in his career. So hopefully, mm. you know, he can sort himself out and recover from it. But yeah, it was a big shot. But you have to also credit Switzerland because on the day they were fantastic, man. Jack was brilliant Jacko. in midfield. Jack was brilliant, um, man. That's just bad to say. Yeah, he was brilliant. He was brilliant in midfield, man. I know, obviously, like a lot of people, especially Arsenal fans, can't stand him. But we've seen that in this tournament as well. I think we've seen a lot of guys step it up when they play for their countries now. And mm. I know it's something that was thrown at a, f- a couple players here and there, but I've noticed it across the board with a lot of teams now that a lot of guys just playing through their skin. Maybe it's a more comfortable environment. They're with their countrymen. It's a, it's different. They're playing for their nation. There's more, it's more pride. pride I think. Yeah, it's a pride. More thing, pride. It? Yeah, and and mm. it's making them step up their levels. And he was definitely one of them. He was brilliant. But again, exactly what I was saying about France. Switzerland played with that togetherness as a group, and they never gave up, man. Like they went two one yeah, down yeah. or three one down. They they didn't give up. They kept going. They kept fighting, and they 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 fully deserved it in the end, man. Yeah, no, I have to agree, man. And I think, I think um, it's going to be interesting. So obviously, Switzerland plays Spain. Um, another brilliant game, Spain Croatia, as well. Brilliant, game. Um, brilliant game. That was that was I just said before tournament, and the game was the France one. But you're going to have to put this one up there as well. What What was your thoughts listen, about about that game, man? <laughs> listen, I think I was watching, and um, this is the truth here. I was watching a game. Um, it's time to do a feed. And I think there was stoppage time and it was it was 3-1. I made the bottle, came back, <laughs> and it was going extra time back. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, <laughs> what, I thought the game I, I was done. It, I, locked it off at, I locked it off at 3-1 to get the kids yeah, ready but, for bed. And yeah, I but remember, it, it, was, it was... But it was 3-1 in stoppage time. Yeah, I know, I know. That's why I locked it off. Yeah. And <laughs> I came back and thought, what? What's going on? But... um. And that's kind of the, the weakness for Spain is the back four, isn't it? And defense, you know, the defense, the defense, and they're able to switch off the mistake for the first goal by the keeper, uh, 
by the keeper and Pedri. Match fixing, man. It looks That's like, match fixing. <laughs> it looked like to me that he was when you it's that thing of playing out from the back, isn't it? So it looked like to me he was thinking about what he was gonna do with the ball next rather than concentrating on the touch. Mm-hmm. But um It happened they recovered. Kepo, I think as well, didn't it? Or yeah, it was yeah. one of the games. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. It, it, they they obviously recovered from it. I thought um, Pedri was brilliant for them again. Apart from that, well, that goal wasn't really his fault. Uh, Koke was good in that game as well. And you have to credit them as a group, man. Sarabia played well as well. You've got to credit them. They come back from it and got through, man. I think they had five different goal scorers. I think that's the first time that's ever happened as well. And again, I know it sounds like a broken record, but same thing, man, that togetherness got them through that game and then that resilience, isn't it? Mm. Obviously, look, they've got quality players as well, but yeah, they've done well, man, to get to recovery in the end, even though it shouldn't have went extra time. When you look at the Croatia team, because I think, obviously, they've got like Luka Modric and Kovacic, um, you know, Vida as well. They've got some, they have got some good players in that team. Um, they got to obviously the semi-finals of the the World Cup not not too long ago. But do you, do you see them ever get into that that stage again, or was that just kind of like a, a Wales where it was like a fluke almost, where they just got to there because of the the teams that they played? Um, no, I don't think it was a fluke because obviously they've got history, haven't they? You know, they've. Mm. World Cup 98, they got to the semi-finals. I think Euros, they got to quarterfinals before as well. I think Euro 2008, they got to the quarters. I think they're, they're just a country that will always, they, they'll come again, they'll always produce players. Mm. Um, and they, they'll be back. Even now, I think there was a 19, I can't remember his name, there was a 19-year-old that came on for them in midfield. He came on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they've, they've, they've got, they'll have players coming through again and they'll, they'll have their time again. And even in this midfield now, Modric is obviously like 35, but Brozovic isn't that old. Kovacic isn't that old either. Mm. And Vlasic and, and Rebic is young as well. So they've, they've still, they'll, they'll qualify for the, the World Cup, definitely. Yeah, 100%, man. But let's move to the big one, man. Cause I, I can't. <laughs> it's carbine, oh. It's carbine, I told you, man. Listen. It, it's looking like it's coming home and I can't even lie. Like, it looks like it's, it's literally going to come home. But before the game, what was your thoughts? Because obviously we can talk about it now and we can talk about it calmly. But before the game, to be fair, that ge- we've already said that German team isn't the best German team already. It's dead. Listen, I've said so, this, yeah. And I've said this, look, and I said it on Twitter. So it's the proofs out there. I said it the day before the game. I knew he was going to beat them, man. Mm-hmm. Because... It's what we said in the preview and it's what we said during the tournament. Like In every game that they've played, we've seen holes in their team. We've seen holes in their defence. The type of goals that they conceded, it's, it's there, it's night and day. And I look at them as one of them teams that switch to a back three because they're not confident in their defenders. Because they, all, they were all shaky at times for different reasons. And one thing I knew that we had over them was if we if we if we pressed them and we played with pace and intensity, I knew that would be too much for them. And I think you could see from even when the game started, they looked kind of I don't want to say petrified, but they didn't look they did, confident. They, they looked they didn't look confident. They looked nervous, and they didn't, they didn't. You know, I don't know if it was through instructions, but they weren't. The wing backs weren't getting forward like they was before, and. Look, I said on the pod before, man, I felt like they had that advantage, like, like we have so far as well, but they had that advantage of playing all their group stage matches in Germany, behind their own fans. And maybe, you know, they've come to England and it was a bit much for them, but it, it, I thought it makes we a brilliant. massive difference. It makes a massive difference, I think. What was it, 60,000 or just, just below? Just on like yeah. 50 or 50,000 in, in, in Wembley. So that makes a massive difference when you haven't played in front of a crowd for nearly yeah. enough, what, 12 months and then you've got that big... Yeah atmosphere there so it makes a massive difference and we was brilliant that's the other thing as well like we obviously we changed the formation which look we kind of expected it obviously because the press like to leak leak the team they want the team to do well but they want to leak the starting lineup <laughs> half a day before the game which is ridiculous but um, so we knew he was kind of switching to a back three but look what, and I said this on Twitter as well so like once we switch formation We've played that formation before anyway. We, that's what we got to the yeah. semi-finals with. Chelsea played that formation. City have switched to that formation at times. Most of them players have played Popular. in the back three mm. with wing-backs. We, Man United have played that formation as well. So it was new to none of them. 
So they could definitely do it. And uh, yeah, I thought Calvin Phillips and Rice were good in midfield, especially Calvin Phillips. I thought he's brilliant. Um, the front three, I thought Saka and Sterling did really well in particular. And I was really happy with Luke Shaw as well, man. I thought he, he was brilliant going down the left, man. Um, and I've got a shout out, Carl Walker as well. <clears throat> Sorry. I thought in the back three, he he done he, well. he done really well. Done really well when he like slotted in there. But obviously again he's played there before. So and there's just a lot of positives, man. Like I'm happy obviously Sterling got another goal, even though like people are just trying to slate the life out of him. Mm. Um as usual, even though he's a top goal scorer so far in the tournament. And it's good for Harry Kane to finally get a goal as well, man. That would be good for his yeah, confidence. Yeah. He, he needed that. He needed Moving that. Forward. He needed it desperately. And even Grealish as well, coming on again, another assist. So mm. I think this is the difference as well, even when you look back at the 2018 squad. I feel like this squad, in that three years, way more players have come through. The youngsters have developed and now they're showing that they're they're ready to be on this stage, man. And we didn't have this, we didn't have options coming from the bench like we do now. Like, I think that, I think that's the difference though, isn't it now? I think 100%. before it was, you had maybe one or two. We've got a, a luxury midfield bench to choose yeah. from. You, yeah. There's conversations of leaving Foden out or Mason Mount out. And that's not a bad thing, but at the same time, yeah. you've got enough depth in there now, which we've, we've probably had in tournaments previous, but not to this extent. And even no, even you know, when you look at the defence yeah. though as well, when you look at the defenders that we've got and we was all kind of slating him for bringing Ben White and that, I kind of now see why. I can see why he yeah. did that. Because yeah, if you bring a Ward-Prowse, is he gonna? Is he even going to be, like Sancho's not even playing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So, and when I, I think when I, when you look at the whole squad, I think the only player that's not played is Cody, if I'm correct. Apart from obviously yeah, yeah. the other goalkeepers. Um, and the goalkeeper, yeah. But yeah. Apart from them, yeah. Like, and... It's it's an interesting one. I don't know if it's a debate to be had, but I think this is the strongest squad we've had in a long time, man. 100%, like, man. Even, even if you go back to... I'm not going to compare it to the, 2000, the Euro 2004 World Cup 2006 team. That was a great like team of players. Like, but there weren't really a lot of depth there. There were good players in the team. We had Gerard Beckham. Yeah, we had Gerard and Beckham mm. and Lampard and Joe Cole as a midfield. And I think on the bench, we might have had a Carrick or Hargreaves. But there wasn't yeah, a lot of like, there wasn't depth. It wasn't a debate. Yeah, yeah. Like this, this is a debate. Every time someone gets left out, there's outrage. That's how good the attacking well, rightfully are. Rightfully so as well. It's right. It's right. Yeah, rightfully so. so. Like, yeah, yeah. Rightfully so. Because we could all pick a different front three if it's a back four and it's a four three three. We could all pick a different one or mm. with the front three with the wing backs, and it's all going to be good because of the options that we've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought we fully yeah. deserved it against Germany, man. I thought we we played the we played really well. We played the game, not the occasion. Um, Sacco was brilliant again. Yeah, we we was good, man, to a man. And they have to say fair play to, to Southgate as well because look, he changed the formation, still ain't conceded. And right now, I feel like everyone's just got to get behind it now, man. Just get behind that. it. Literally, don't so no matter what team he picks now, just get behind just it. Be and confident, just, just, just be confident, man. Just be confident, yeah. I thought I just look. I saw the team and thought, okay, cool. He's changed it, but I didn't I even see... talk about it anymore. I don't. No, neither did I like really. Cause... I just looked Internet... at it from a positive and looked at like the changes he made and thought, okay, mm. that's how we can win the game. Then if we use them like certain players mm. to get through in them situations, then yeah, we'll win. Got a member as and... well. Like he, he's one of these obviously people slate guy of Southgate, but at the same time as well, like you just said, we haven't conceded a goal I think we're the only nation now that hasn't done that he's got things right fair enough he's played defensively in the group stages but for him to switch it up knowing that he's got to do that I said to someone earlier that you can't really get away with scoring one goal in a knockout tournament game sometimes because it doesn't really work that way you might be able to do it but then you get an early goal are you going to expect it to defend for like 60 minutes Mm. 70 minutes or whatever so you kind of need the other goal and I think throughout that game um the other day, I think you could always sense there was going to be another goal. As soon as Grealish yeah. came on, you could sense there was going to be a goal, whether mm-hmm. it was going to be Kane or whoever, but you could sense there was going to be something. But but I just think this is the, this is, if we don't win the Euros with this squad, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked. I think, it, it, yeah, it, it looks like that now. Yeah, it looks like that now. All the teams who's worried about are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The group of death killed off the whole group of death killed off all of them. All four teams didn't make it. You know what I mean? So no, no, you know, you know, there's no um Holland diver. A lot of teams have got knocked out, but that's also a warning because Mm. I think we have to, as much as I'm confident, yeah, we've got to take like I said about France, like (laughs) we're fans, we can say what we want to say, man. Like I could say we're gonna beat Ukraine, we're gonna steamroller them, blah blah blah. But the players have to take it serious. They've got to focus and they've got to, whatever team he selects, they've got to just work hard and get the job done because Ukraine's not going to be easy. They've no. played well so far in this tournament, man. No one gave them a chance of even being where they are. And they deserve, they deserve they, the way they played against Sweden. They deserve to win. And you have to be worried about them, definitely. And I think, like I said before, I think knockout games, it can, it can go either way. It can go either way. We could be the best exactly. team on the day. But if Ukraine, if we're not on it, then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We've probably got better squad. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If, if we don't Look, turn up, it, we've seen what happens. Have to, so. There we go. And what happened in 2016? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Against Iceland. So anything can happen. <laughs> I was I forget fuming that. <laughs> that night. Fuming that night. But anything can happen. So as the, the mm-hmm. players stepping on the pitch, you've got to take it serious. Give 100%. The, the, the basics in it, not even the basics, they should be a given, but not let, not be nervous, not let the occasion get to them, play the game, work hard and, and show our level of quality that we've got is a lot more, not more than theirs, but we are, we are the better team, so we should beat them. Yeah. And I think looking at the results that we've had so far and the way that we've played as well, I would expect to win, but it's knockout tournament football, anything can happen. Penalties, I'm not really... I'm not really interested in them. So 90 minutes, we've got One to finish, thing, finish the game off. Yeah, definitely. The only thing I'll say about the, the Ukraine game, what I want to see from Gareth, if it's not working, change it quickly. Change it. Because yeah, 100%. Well, that's, the, that's the one thing I did notice in the Italy game when they played Austria mm-hmm. was that the players he took off, I think he took them late later on in the game. You could see from 30 minutes in, 40 minutes in, just before hard time, they, were, they weren't having a good game, even just after half time. You could see the same that they need to come off. So that's the only thing I want to see. If there's guys that ain't, and really, to be honest, it hasn't really happened with us so far. But if it does, then, you know, just. Yeah, you, you've got to act quick. fast. you got to act fast. I think yeah. he, didn't, he didn't bring off, he brought off um, Saka, I think, in the 70th or 69th minute or something like that. For Grealish, for, yeah. For Grealish, and that was the first one. And I think. But that, that was okay was because. Good. No, it was a good switch because okay I think it made sense. Yeah. It made sense to do that. And but I just think you've got to do that a bit earlier because. That could have that could have been ten minutes earlier. Everyone yeah. was screaming. Saka was for play, it. To be fair, I mean, to be no, to be fair, I think Saka was actually playing well. But it's, it was you good need, to, sometimes you got to change it though. You just got to change. Yeah, it I was going to say that's what you got to give Germany something to think about as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because he was playing well. But then you bring on a Grealish, he's bringing something completely different to the table and something new to yeah. think about. So some, and that's the other thing as well. Sometimes you make changes; they're not always because the players are playing badly. You might be yeah, playing well, but tactical. you might. You might just need something different. Mm. So, but yeah, I'm confident with that game, man. Confident. Yeah. Do you know who? Do you know who who does worry me? Um, we spoke about unity. Denmark. I do look at mm. Denmark, and I think no one really gave them a chance after their their first game, their opening game, um, with everything that happened in that game, and then they've kind of just slowly gone on about their business. And you look at the kind of, I think they, didn't they beat, um, trying to think who they beat now, Wales, 4-0. I don't yeah, know. yeah. No, Wales are, are Wales and obviously they still had Aaron Ramsey and, and Gareth Bale. Um, but Denmark are just slowly going about their business, not really impacting anything. No one's really talking about them. Can you can you see them progressing against um, Czech Republic? <clears throat> I, I can see anything happening now, to be honest with you, man. I feel like this tournament's got shades of 2004 where... Yeah. Like anything can actually happen, man. Look, France have already gone, Holland's already gone, Portugal's already gone, Germany's already gone. So big hitters, big hitters have already gone, man. Anything can actually happen. Um, Czech Republic have actually played really well this tournament. Um, I don't know if I gave them a chance of getting out the group, but they've done really well, man. And they just, again, they 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 know what they're good at. They stick to that. They're not that flashy. They don't try and they just work hard as a team and they, when they get their chances, they take them. So 
that that would be an interesting game. I think that's going to be a really good game, man. I, I don't. I, I, that's a genuine fifty-fifty game for me. Um, that could go extra time and everything. I, I think they all are, man. Just looking at them now, I think obviously Belgium, Italy, uh, Switzerland, Spain, Ukraine, England, Czech Republic, Denmark. I, I, honestly, from being hundred percent honest, I couldn't call any of them. I couldn't call any of them games. Maybe the Spain, Switzerland, uh, well, I could potentially. I think we're beating one. it. I th- no, I think we're going to beat Ukraine. I can call that one. Um, the Belgium-Italy game, that would be interesting because the way I, I felt like, not I don't want to say lucky, but I think Portugal were the better team in that game. They had the better chances mm. as well. They just didn't yeah. put them away. And they were kind of hanging on towards the end in that game. And look, uh, De Bruyne came off again. We don't know if he's fit, if he's going to be available in that ha- game. Hazard as well. Hazard was, yeah, he was all right. You can you can kind of see he looks like he's getting slightly fitter. He's getting a sort of that some of the times when he's running with the ball against Portugal, he looks like there's a bit more like acceleration in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be but, fit for the for the game. Though, but I don't know if he's going to be fit for the game. Yeah, yeah. Because he oh no, because he come off with a hamstring, didn't he? That's what I mean. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't yeah, think yeah. he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be fit. It's going to be a race yeah. against time anyway if he's fit, and if he does play. But, I don't think I you'll think, play the full the full ninety. No, and to be quite honest with you, even with them, I, I still would have seen Italy beating them because mm. it's that defense again, man. Like, and it's not really mm. been tested yet. This is going to be it's. You know, they got kind of tested against Portugal, where they were hanging on, um, defending deep towards the end of the game. But I, I feel like, you know, if De Bruyne is somehow on the pitch, if Hazard's on the pitch, then maybe. But I see Italy getting the win, man. Yeah, I do. I see them going to the final. I can see Italy. This is how I see it now. Italy, England final. And <laughs> let the best man, let the best team win. Because I think, I think that'd be a really yeah. good final. I think that'd be, I think for me personally, obviously with England in the final, that'd be a, the, the best outcome for me. And obviously in England yeah. go on to win it, but um, it's going to be interesting. I think they're, they're being played uh, tomorrow, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, well Friday, Saturday the games have been played so um, next recording we'll know if it's still coming home or not or yeah definitely or whether it's going on onto someone someone else's turf instead but um, yeah interesting games man but just want to move over to switch it from the Euros because there's been some action in the Premier League last couple of weeks or days I should say obviously um, Spurs finally got their their manager after 10 weeks <laughs> which is which is crazy. I, I think I think that's mental. I think what preseason must start in about two weeks, three weeks. Next week, and yeah, next week, and next they've week, only bro. just got someone in. Leicester are doing their business. Obviously, United have just got the the deal agreed for Sancho as well. Clubs are doing their business, and Spurs are just appointing their manager now. Do you think it's going to work for for Nuno at, at Spurs with with the the hierarchy that he's got above him? Um, yes, I do. Um, look, and do you know what the funny thing is with football, yeah? And certain fans and not just the fans, but even maybe the board, Danny Levy and all that, yeah? Sometimes fans get a bit too, like they feel like they're too good for something, if you know what I mean. Like sometimes they get linked to players. (laughs) Sometimes they get linked to players, they think they're too good for it. Or sometimes they get linked to managers, they think they're too good for it. Like when in reality... Like, you've got no reason to be thinking that, like, with the season that you just had. Um, Look, Nuno got... I think we need to put some respect on his name as well, because he's got... got Europa twice, didn't he? He got Europa twice. Twice. Mm. Back to back. Mm. One of them seasons he got Europa was when they was in the Europa. Mm. So you're playing all them matches and extra games. Thursday nights. Thursday nights. Played 60-plus games and still qualified for Europe the next season. Like, he's a very good manager. So I don't see why they didn't just go for him in the first place, you know. Mm. And the thing with him is, obviously, we've you know we've heard people like Conor Cody talk about him and and some of the other Wolves players. They loved work. They loved playing under him, you know, for the duration of of his time being in charge. And he does improve players. We kind of know his system, how they're going to play. You know, he's slightly on the pragmatic side sometimes, mm. but that's fine. I don't like what they need at the moment is they just need to get back into Europe. Like they need that stability. They need, to be in, yeah. they need that stability. They need to go all be pulling in the right direction. 
Mm. It's obviously the guy, I think his name is Patricci, their football director yeah, of football. He came from Juventus, didn't he, I think? Yeah. yeah and yeah. but so he will have a good working relationship with Nuno. He will bring in the players that he wants. So I, I see actually I see him doing well. I, you know? I agree with you hundred percent. I, I think a lot of Spurs fans have not all of them, but the ones that I've I've come across on Twitter and whatnot, they've been very negative about all the managers that they've been linked with, whether that was <laughs> I can't they even think remember half of them, but they think they're Man City. Like yeah, this yeah. is the problem with them. Like they, they, their expectations are up here when really, like they're just down here. Like you're in a conference mm-hmm. league. Like you should be happy with some of these managers that you got linked to, and just accept mm-hmm. it. In my opinion, I don't even mean that in a rude way, but like I think Nuno's a great appointment. But I also thought Potter would have been a good appointment. I thought hundred percent, hundred percent. Some of the other guys they linked with, Fonseca would have been a good appointment. Fonseca's a good manager. Mm. They they were they were they were crucifying him as if like he's some unheard of manager mm. just because he got sacked at Roma. Yeah but, yeah, but you can you can it goes wrong in a job. It don't make you a bad manager. Yeah, it's true, man. I, I agree with you, hundred yeah. percent. I think I think in terms of Nuno being at Spurs, I think is a really really good appointment. I think obviously there was talks that. Nuno was going to be going, well, either to Everton or to Crystal Palace at one point as well. So I think that may have delayed things. Obviously, I think the the guy that you mentioned, the, the, the I can't remember his name now, the guy you just Fonseca. mentioned. From, yeah, Fonseca. He just came into his role officially today, I think. So obviously that's probably one of the deciding factors as well, like why it's all come out now. But I think it's a really good appointment. We've already said, I don't think Harry Kane's really going to go anywhere. So you get it's him not tied yeah, like it's not it's enough. Not, Look, the no way we've seen, obviously, City putting that hundred million bid, which I think is a good. I think that's a good bid. I think I'd, I'd take that if I, if I was them at his age, and they're chucking in a player as well. I think that's good business if it was going to happen, but I don't see it happening. I think Levy is probably going to press them out of that move, and City will just move on to the next target. But yeah, I, I see him staying. That also might have been part of the reason why the negotiations with managers were dragging out because maybe some of them wanted assurances that he was mm. going to be there or they wanted assurances on how much they could spend if he was going to leave. Mm. So, yeah, I feel, I feel like with the way that Nuno plays, they've got them players there. They've got the wingers, they've got, they've got the centre midfielder options. For his style of play, they probably just need to sort out the wing-backs. Mm. I think that's well, what they're lacking. He's got um, Doherty there again, now, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but and that system suits Doherty. You know, yeah. he's not. I don't think he's that good at fullback. Mm. Um, and they had a good working relationship, so I think that will work. But they would have to add to it because I know he likes to have two right wing backs. He likes to have two left wing backs. Mm. I don't think Davis is. You know. I'm not, I'm not saying Davis has passed it, but he's not explosive. And I think as a wing back, you need to be explosive, joining in in the final third and like being able to play higher up the pitch. So I think that's the way for him. They're probably going to need a centre back and some wing backs. And if they keep Kane, Son signs. I think Son signed a new deal. He's basically he's signed sign it now, deal. anyway. Mm. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they'll have a good season. I'd be, if I was a Spurs fan and this was happening now, I'd be optimistic because I think. What what's the, like the worst worst case scenario? He's going to end up with Ryan Mason for a full season. Listen, and I don't know what Jeremy they wanted. Met. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, Nuno Nuno or Potter would have been the ideal choice for me if I was a Spurs yeah. fan because I think he, they know, they know the Premier League, they've got the experience in it already as well. Like you said, Nuno can kind of get this team playing how he 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 plays his football as well. So yeah. I just I just think it's a win win. If I was a Spurs fan, I'd be happy, but. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but in terms of unhappy fans, well, I was going to say Liverpool, but it could be Liverpool or Everton. I don't know. It's probably 50-50, but Rafa Benitez, new Everton manager. Listen, but this is another one as well, because I saw some of this on Twitter and like, uh, what, like, people are crazy. Mm. Like, I think people, like, not crazy, I shouldn't say that yet, but (laughs) forget these, forget these allegiances. Yeah, yeah. Like, he managed them like over ten years ago, mm. like, and he and he was successful there, and he's been successful most places he's been. So that's the kind of manager that you, that you want at your club. Hundred percent. Man, and, and managing been... management is not like playing in it. Like, mm. 
those they don't care about allegiances. They just see it as a job and a project. But that's what it is to them. That is that is exactly. what it is. It doesn't take mm. away what he done at Liverpool. He was great at Liverpool. Mm. You know, brought won the fifth Champions League. They won the FA Cup. He done well mm. there. He made them. Um, he solidified them as a Champions League team. He done his he done his thing there. Yeah, and I, I know most of Liverpool fans are happy with him and happy with the time that he had at the club. But Everton fans that wouldn't want him because of that. That doesn't make sense to me. Because no. who do they want instead? Who was around? Because to be fair, no. Benitez is the sort of manager for me that could probably, not that they say play the same style of football, but he could just pick up. He's the same level as Ancelotti to me in some aspects. Yeah. Not in terms of what Ancelotti's gone on to win at other clubs, etc. But just that level of management, they're almost kind of level with it. And you look at all the other, I mean, they were, like I said, they were linked with Nuno and this is no disrespect to him, but Nuno isn't a, a Ancelotti or a, a Benitez at the moment. So he's not a Rafa's level. And I think yeah, this like, is the other thing. They, they've they actually got to remember, this is what I'm saying. Like he's won European trophy at Valencia. He won the league there. He won trophies with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I think he won the cup with Napoli. He's won trophies at a lot of clubs he's been to. Mm-hmm. He's a winner. Mm-hmm. And if, if the board trusts him, and lets him have the the level of control that he wants. I think I think they will. I think they will. They'll do well. He'll get yeah. he'll get that defense. He'll sort the defense out. He will get the midfield because I know a part of, most important parts of his teams are the center midfielders. Mm. So if he's not happy with the options he got, he'll bring someone in. But they've got good midfield options. They've got the, the cusp of a team that can get Europe. They've got Richarlison as well. <laughs> and they've got. <laughs> And they got big boy Richardson, and he, look, he might he might get the best out of Richardson yeah. as well. We don't know, yeah, no, no. and they've still got Calvert Lewin. Yeah, Calvert Lewin is the type of striker he loves a strike. He loves that target man like that, like yeah. to play into someone that can win the headers and run in behind and hassle defenders. He loves that. So, and I think that's why it worked with Ancelotti as well because he's very similar. He likes that kind of you know target man as well. Yeah, so I, I think it's yeah. going to work. I think. If I was an Everton fan, I'd be made I'd be up. over the moon. Yeah, I'd yeah. be made up because allegiances aside and all that. No one cares. You, you could have ended up with a, a manager that isn't hasn't got that CV, hasn't experienced what Benitez has experienced as well. So, and I think he'll but win listen, them over. I think he'll win them over. I think that's a minority that are, are more pissed off. I don't think that's the majority. If he if he'll win them over as soon as they're winning games, football fans are fickle. Mm. Like this is it. And let's be honest, this is it's the same as when we're talking about style of play with managers as well. Play, fans will tolerate anything if a team's winning trophies. Don't be mm-hmm. don't let no one kids like can't kids me. Do you know what I mean? And we're on the same, like we'll take bad style of play. If it's bringing trophies in the cabinet, come on, man. If if Pep and, is like if Pep had been at like City for like 15 years and won everything and then came to United and he's 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 slagged off United, you still take him though, isn't it? This is what I'm saying. Look, listen, I'll take Pep, I'll take Klopp, I'll yeah, take yeah, these men. I don't, too, man. care, I, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care where they are. Listen, if, if, they're, they're, gonna winning, do, if they're winning if, games and trophies, come this way. Listen, if you That's can all do what say. you did there and you, we got a little, here's your little transfer pot, go and get your <laughs> man them. Oh, come on, man. I don't care. Maybe everyone's different. Maybe there's certain Man United fans that oh, I don't want Klopp and I don't want Pep. They're no, idiots. I'd have them. Because if, if, you, if you want to see success at your club, regardless of who, where he's been before and all, all of that stuff, you, I, for me, I, I just draw a line under it and think, well, that's what he done before. I was going to say something mad, but I'm, I forgot we're live as well, so I won't say it. But we're live. <laughs> you, you, draw, you draw a line under it, um, yeah. and you just you move on. You move on. Listen, rival, rival, rivalries are for football fans. Yeah. And sometimes managers get into it as well. But managers usually get into it because they don't like each other. It's nothing to usually with the teams. Mm-hmm. So if you look at like the whole the whole Chelsea-Liverpool situation really came because Rafa and Jose don't like each other. Yeah, that's it. Do you know that's what I mean? It, it didn't, yeah, it didn't yeah. come from Chelsea hating Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. It came from those two managers or like a Man United Arsenal yeah, was because Fengar of Fergie and Wenger. Yeah, and it stemmed yeah. from them. Mm. So... Football, like usually, rivalries are for fans. Mm. But a guy like, and you hit the nail on the head. I, I'll put him just under that level of Ancelotti, yeah. Mm. But how many how many managers are there in that le- that level that are available? Not many man that are available that want to go to Everton. This is the other thing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Who did they want? That's the other thing. Because I haven't asked no Everton fans directly, but honestly, who did they want? 
because the ones I've spoke to said Rafa. Yeah, exactly. They wanted Rafa because they know they know what he can bring in. Um, I think I think some of them I think some of them wanted Nuno, but like I I think Nuno would have struggled with the Everton squad. I think the Spurs job suits Nuno. Rafa being local as well to to Liverpool. Yeah. Obviously, he's not not too far from from Liverpool, yeah. so it makes sense. It just makes it just 100%. makes perfect sense. But I want to. I could I can see quickly just before we move on. Like I said, look, just listening through some of them Everton players that they've already got, it just suits his thing that he's going to go in there four two three one or a four five one, and he's got all the guys that he already needs pretty much. I think and he'll he switch to the midfield few. though. Yeah, I think he'll add some to the midfield and maybe the defense. Because I know he'll use Allen. I know he would have yeah, Allen. Because I think Allen was at Napoli with him, if I remember yeah, correctly. I, I'm, I'm thinking more of like a, a Tom Davies. I don't, I don't think. And Sigurdsson as well. I look no, at he'll have Sigurdsson. He'll use Sigurdsson. Yeah, yeah, he'll use him. Mm, that could be um, a man. No, I like Sigurdsson's a good player, man. Mm. He's a talented player. And I he like can Gomez, always produce... Actually. Gomez is a good yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, he'll definitely, he'll use Gomez. He'll mm. use them. There's a lot, man. There's already a lot of good players and they've got money to spend mm. and he will add very good quality. And I think he's someone that the board should listen to because I remember even when he was at Liverpool and he was trying to get Sergio Aguero from yeah, Argentina. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. think he was having little arguments with the board. They didn't want to spend that much money on a 17-year-old and all this type of stuff. And no, look. Look what happened. Yeah, <laughs> so... I think he just he knows football man and he cares about projects he's passionate about them and he takes his job deadly serious so he's not thinking about Liverpool and anything like that no I agree man I agree I I wanted to touch quickly before we we move over to the the United news but I wanted to talk about Palace Crystal Palace um, their appointment I think of or their mutual agreement so far with Patrick Vieira Interesting one for me. Interesting. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. Obviously, it's not fully confirmed yet, but mm. he he had a de- he was he had a good spell at Nice. Got them into Europe. I think it ended it ended badly because I think they didn't get out of their Europa League group, and so I think he moved on. But um, he was there for two seasons, or just over two seasons. He's done well there. He had his spell in America where he started his career at New York. City, um, yeah. New York City, yeah, mm-hmm. done well there. I think it's a good. I think it's a good appointment. I feel one thing that's good about it is he understands the Premier League. He understands the phys- physicality of it, the pace of it. So when it comes to looking at targets to sign players, he'll work well with. with if it's him, I'm talking as if it's him because I mean it's it's almost pretty much. I mean the last things, things, the last, things can change though, can't they? Bro, the last manager that they had, the Lucien Favor. His, this was the same it was confirmed mm. three year deal then he pulled out last minute so not saying that it's confirmed yet yeah, yeah. but he would work well with with Dougie Friedman the, the director mm. of football they would understand what the club needs um, he'll probably have a look at some of these guys that are out of contract because they got like 10 players out of contract yeah just about he to might, say that he might want to keep some of them um, but I, I feel like he could do well there man I feel like he could do well He's got still got obviously good contacts at City from the time that he worked there. He gave Jack Harrison his debut, the one that's been on loan at Leeds. He yeah, gave him his yeah, debut yeah. at New when he's at New York City because obviously they've the, link the up. best, yeah, yeah, the link up, yeah. So he could get some good players on loan from there. He may be able to get some from Arsenal as well. Um, he's got a good yeah, connection, doesn't he? Got good connection, but mm. the most important thing is with a foreign manager. The most important thing, same with Rafa, same with Nuno, is that they know the Premier League. Even though he's not managing the Premier League, he's played in the league, he knows it, um, and he understands it straight away, so he won't be signing the wrong players for it. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I'd like to see that deal done, because I think... But he has much- to. One thing I'll say quickly, he has to hit the ground running, because to lose so many players... I was just about to say... They've got to get the signings right, and everything's got to gel quickly. So, I don't. I'm not. I'm not too. That was going. That was going to be my question because I think if you look at clubs who've done that, did Fulham not do that a few seasons ago as well? I think I can't remember if they just come back to the Prem, and I'm sure they've they signed that. too many players. They signed too many players, and I think Palace. Not to say that they'll be the same, but they'll have to. If they don't renew a lot of these contracts, I, I doubt they will now. If they're, they're 
I mean, they would have expired today, wouldn't they? I think so. Um, yeah, but I, f- I feel like some of the players were kind of not hanging around, but I feel like some of them are still waiting to see who the next manager would be. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense because obviously they can't, you know, st- the, the board can't re-sign players on contracts mm-hmm. if, the, if the next manager doesn't want them. Obviously, Benteke got a new deal, but that kind of makes some sense. Mm. And only it was Andros, like Andros Townsend hasn't has he? I don't think. I think he hasn't signed. I'm not su- yeah, but I'm not surprised about that because he's not really he's not really been that good. If mm. I'm being honest, so yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't think many. Obviously, some Palace fans might agree disagree with me, but that's not really one I'm shocked about. To be honest mm. with you, do you think he'll get um, a prem move somewhere, or do you reckon he'd have to do you reckon a prem team, one of the the promoted teams, uh, uh, Brentford, maybe a Norwich mm. would would think about him. If they was, they would have already signed him. Mm. You know, um, fair point, man. We have, we have to see. Probably, we one of them might take a chance. Might end up in the championship. Mm. Um, it's not a bad shout, though, man. He looks comfortable in talk sport as well. So, what else? Sure, he's obviously got a few years left in him. So, probably, I probably see him at another Premier League club, or um, more than likely, you probably see him in the championship. Yeah, yeah, be interesting, be interesting. But yeah, ho- hopefully, if they can get the Vieira. Um, the the that deal signed and delivered and sorted. I, I like to. I mean, I'd love to see Vieira as a manager in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that would be yeah, interesting. Me too. Um, yeah, and you know, look, and he's a brilliant like player, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He's a fantastic player, and I think that helps. That helps come on respect in the dressing room straight away, mm. because a lot of them might have been growing up as Arsenal fans. You know, you know, you know how football is. Just because you play for a club, don't mean you support them as a kid. Yeah, so some of them might have been Arsenal fans when they were dominant. But also, he, look, he speaks English. He's got he he can communicate to the players what he wants straight away, and he understands what the Premier League needs. So there, and he's got he's not you know he's a new manager in his career, but he's got experience. He's managed for quite a long time now, mm. so he's not green. He's not that green like a Ryan Mason mm. would have been or some of these other right, managers. <laughs> yeah, Lamps. Yeah, like he's he's got. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, even if he's only been in the MLS and, and he's been in France, he's still managed longer than I think some that's of a good other. test for him though, because he's probably, yeah. he's probably got kind of a higher end in, in, in France and no disrespect to the MLS, but the lower end. So he's kind of been in between. So now yeah, he's kind of experience, stepping yeah. up a bit now. So I, I think if they can get that appointment, I think it'd be brilliant for them. But um, another, another bit of news today, obviously Jaden Sancho, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in caps for you as well. Look, it's in capital letters. Hey, listen, you come saying? on. Do you know what's mad, yeah? Like with this deal, obviously it was dragging and dragging. But in the end, it's kind of good business for the club. There's no add-ons. I think it's only 73, not only, but 73 million, no add-ons. Compared to, that's 35 million less than what they wanted last season. Last season, so, mm. And fair play to them as well. They had an agreement with him, a little gentleman's agreement. I said, look, stay one more season stayed and they let him go so they're they're a club that keeps their words I think it's a good signing for the club um, we need someone that can play on the right obviously I think not think I I know he's better on the left but he's such a good player that he can play on the right and the games I've seen him play on the right sometimes he's got a mixture about him so he, he's not just going to run at a guy and beat him constantly that's not really his game he's more of a like he likes to play so you get into feet and play one-twos with people and, and create openings. And I actually think he'll be good in games when teams are defending low in a low block against us. And I think he'll be good in games like that. But it's a good start to the business. Um, it can't be the only side-in. But there's, still there's, to- there's talk of around 50 million, I think, as well. Which yeah. is, a, I mean, that we, we, I know you and Kieran have both spoke about your, your defence with, obviously, um, Lindelof and the issues there. So Varane coming in, 50 million. Jaden Sancho, big yeah, thing there. Is... Cavani oh. up front, new deal for Cavani. No, I'm not Goal, trying to. Goalkeeper, I don't know, man. Might have to... I'm not getting guessed about anything yet because nothing's done yet. So we need, we need to sort of centre back. We need to still get a DM as well. Because yeah, of course. I feel like I said this before when we spoke about Sancho on our um, United in Depth episode. I, I said to, I was saying to Kieran at the, on that episode that Look, if it's only Sancho that comes through the door, it's not going to be a good season because mm. everyone around us is going to improve and sign players 
and they've got injured players coming back that's going to make a massive difference like for Liverpool um, so we still need to get sort of a centre midfield situation and we still need to get a centre back mm. you know so if if it's only Sancho through the door it's not good it's not a good window mm-hmm. I mean it's a, it's a start I think, I think if you you're look, looking at this as like a, a, a free free season project or something like that then yeah it's brilliant business because I'm sure you're going to over that three years you're going to get the best out of Sancho but you do you do need those other players if you want to kick mm. on this season. I think obviously the centre back one is the key one. The DM one, it's, yeah, that's, it's that's, just as important. It is no, it is, it is because you don't want it to is. be seeing Fred and McTominay. No, because together. look, and we we've spoken about this as well. Because sometimes it might come across as me like slagging them off here. Mm. It's not that. It's just that they're all good at the same things. Mm. Oh, so, yeah, hundred percent. They're all box to box. They all want to win. The, they're all good at winning the ball high up the pitch. But what they are, none of them are, are DMs. So they can't sit in front of the back four. They can't screen. They're not comfortable taking the ball off the defenders. Yeah. So Fred isn't, neither is Scott McTominay. So you do need someone to come in there that can do that. And when I don't feel like we're going to move forward until we saw our then two positions because... You know, goal scoring scoring goals last season wasn't really an issue for United. The issue was at the back. The defence. So the mm. defence and, and just in front of the defence was always the issue. So until they sort that out, then there's no guarantees to what United can do next season. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting because I think you're right. I think obviously you look at Liverpool, Van Dijk coming back. Um, they're going to obviously buy. I think they've already been into the, the, the transfer market already. Um, City... Now, kind of question marks around that Haaland deal. They've let Sancho go. Can they afford to let Haaland go in the same season? Are they willing to no. to, to let him have that that buyout clause next season after this one? I don't think he's yeah, going think, anywhere now. Myself, no, I don't. Haaland's not going anywhere. I think they've already yeah. said that they're, they're not going to sell Sancho and Haaland in the same window. Yeah, yeah, and, they um, can't afford to. They can't afford to, and I don't think they will. And I think Haaland would accept that he's not going to kick up a fuss. But just play the season and, and go next summer. Mm. But look, City have obviously they've been linked to Kane, they've been linked to Grealish. Both great signings if they if they pull them off. Um and they both give them different options that they don't really have at the moment. So that would be good. That would be good. Yeah. I think City's main issue actually is they've got to, they've got to sort out the players that are a bit disgruntled. Because I know Laporte was unhappy, I Sterling was unhappy. Bernardo Silva as well. Sure Bernardo Silva, I think he yeah. might have been another one. So yeah, they got to sort out all them situations as well. Like, and if they see people like Grealish coming in that plays their position, that might you know affect it. But yeah. we have to we have to see. They've, they've got obviously still got a brilliant squad, but we're still really early into this transfer window. And while the Euros is still going on, you know a lot of things ain't going to happen. So once Euros is done, we'll start to see some of these clubs really move players. Yeah. And I think as well, um, I think a lot of clubs will try and get a lot of deals done early on before pre-season actually kicks in. Because I think, I haven't really looked into other clubs, but I think just from a Chelsea perspective, I think a lot of our pre-season is local. Now, we're not travelling, obviously, because of COVID. So we want to try and get that team together. We're going to be playing local. I think we've got like a tournament with things like Spurs and Arsenal in like a like a like an Audi Cup kind of competition. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah. But, um, It'd be interesting because I think obviously from a Chelsea perspective, we still kind of want that striker, that number nine. Um, obviously, Lukaku was on that list. Haaland was on that list. That was probably the unrealistic one. But I think we still need, and obviously there's talk about Tammy Abraham going to Villa, 45 million. So, mm. you know, there's, we've, we've got to get the number nine and I think from Chelsea. But in terms of United, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, getting that DM centre-back, Obviously, you kind of sorted out that that kind of area with Sancho, Sancho but um, and Cavani, I think, will be brilliant next season as well. We proved it this season, so yeah, it'll, I think it'll be I think att- att- it will be interesting, man. Attacking options. The only thing I could see the club doing is I think Dan James probably needs to go out on loan. Um, Diallo needs to go back on go out on loan as well. They need they just need to play football and they need experience. The Proper game time. I'd keep Martial because. I think the injury situation with Rashford, I think you need that other option on the left anyway. You need two options in each position, really. And I feel like 
that would be the reason why we keep him is he can play on the left and he can play up front and he's still going to score goals when he's on it and confident. So I just think, yeah, they need to sort out DM and then need to sort out centre-back. Yeah, imperative. Man. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But yeah, Euros first, Premiership second. Big, big weekend of football. Saturday. In fact, I'm not even going to lie. I'm, I'm I'm just gassed for Saturday. <laughs> I can't even lie, man. I think it, it yeah, might kick off. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. I'm buzzing for it. And um, yeah, I, I think we'll win, to be quite honest with you, man. I think, I think we'll win. We'll get the result. And off to the semi-finals, man. It's coming home. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna ask you this. I'm gonna ask you this. If, if we get to the final, and it's Italy, are we beating them in full time? Yes. It's coming home. Yeah, I, yeah. It's that's a tough game. It's gonna. It's not yeah. an easy game at all. That's a tough game, man. But we've got the tools to beat anyone left in the tournament now. Spain as well. We can't write off Spain, man, because Spain are not the best. This ain't the best Spain team we've seen in the last 10, 15 years, but they've got enough about them to get get results and get the job done as well. You know? Yeah, it's so true. I, I wouldn't write them off either, man. But it's coming home. It's coming home, man. It's coming home. It's coming home, man. <laughs> I did say on the last episode, I'm going to say that on every episode from now until yeah, it comes man. home. So yeah, it's coming home. Was really, yeah, because, you know, the pessimists, didn't want to jump on boards, but look, beat Germany now, you get me? <laughs> Got the group, we ain't conceded a goal. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, shout out Pickford yeah. as well, because as much as he hasn't really had much to do, he, he he's one of them, we were talking about Xhaka earlier when it comes to country and the pride thing. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. That with Jordan Pickford, because he's, mm-hmm. he's not making any mistakes. So, yeah, big up Pickford, yeah. man. But also, do you know what, though? I feel like with a lot of teams, a lot of nations, you're playing for pride here, yeah, but it's just a better, you're playing in a better atmosphere as well. You're being yeah. a better dress, not a better dressing room. Sometimes but with better players though as well. Let, let's be real. Better players, yeah, better players as well. It's a yeah. big factor. Mm-hmm. And it's just like what we've seen with this England team, like they all like each other. Like they all, they all seem like they're actually friends. They get along with each other. Like there's not like this, like, oh, you play for Man United and you play for Chelsea and you play. Yeah, it's none of that with this team. Now where they, and days they, gone. they never used to sit on the same table. Like if you was United no. and, yeah. I don't know, Gerard was on the Liverpool table, whereas now you can see that there's that banner amongst yeah. the group. Do you know what I mean? Like they're all... And he's got them, he's got them all sitting on like, I think I was watching um, an interview somewhere. He's even got, the, he's changed the layout of like the the canteen and like they all sit together now. There's bigger tables that fit more people on them. So it's less of that kind of, that click stuff happening. Mm. But you, you can kind of tell that anyway, because... Like they just all look like they're not all. They don't all look like they're having a laugh, but they they all look like they enjoy each other's company. Like they get along with each other, and there's yeah. lo- like loads of banner flying around. It's, it's, it's a good. It looks like you a good place that, to be, man. You need that, I think. Yeah, of course you do. You know, you that, can't that. win that. You can't win a trophy without that. Yeah, exactly, man. It's coming home, man. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna lie. It's coming yeah, home. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. This is our decade. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine. Imagine a week Sunday. The, the episode we record is going to be like two hours long. I'm not oh, even going to lie. Man. And, I'm, and, I'm, and we're recording it. We might have to record straight after. <laughs> Listen, do you know what's... It's, uh, it's mad. It's crazy, but... Yeah, hopefully we get there, man. Because we, yeah, we need a 100%, final, man. 100%, man. We need man, to but, be in the final. But yeah, for the listeners, you, you can follow us on Twitter at the PTTW podcast and also on Instagram with the same handle, the PTTW podcast, uh, YouTube search us PTTW podcast, like subscribe, interact with us on there. All the subscribers. We need, we need a lot of that. So make sure you click subscribe as well. Um, obviously Jesse, your handles on there, but for people that can't see it, just let the listeners hear that, that handle. Yes. My, my handle is just two, eight, eight, nine. That's on everything. Yeah, I changed mine now. So mine's this is T dot. I think on yep. Twitter, that's the one I use. So yeah, just follow me on there. But um, yeah, this has been episode forty six of Play to the Whistle podcast. Until next time, yeah, just keep it keep it easy, people. It's coming home. <laughs> <laughs>